This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. We are going to head into the woods with the most unlovable part of you and learn to love it. Well, okay, it doesn't have to be the woods, but someplace private and safe where you can unleash your hidden rage or grief or fear and find the beauty in it. I've come to learn your demon is really your mafia trying to protect you. And Heather from Transfire Photography is a healer who knows how to capture the beauty of what people stuff down deep. Things will get very messy. And then we are also going to get very tidy. Are you tidying up with Marie Kondo on Netflix? Finding what sparks your joy? We'll talk to a Marie Kondo certified consultant who can train you to curate simplicity. And we'll have a proper cup of tea. Leslie, with the Tea Experience of New York, she'll bring a tea party right to your house. First, think about that part of you that feels most unruly. The part you want to hide or keep under control. Heather Manwaring wants to photograph that very piece. Her belief is you can't reach your greatest potential without facing your greatest fears. Now, what type of person would want to do this? Uh, the type of people who, who come to me are honestly different. They're, they're different every time, but they have this desire to step into more of their power because they know there's more. And usually they're really frustrated by something. Usually they're, they're scared of something. They've tasted bits of, of their own power but have held themselves back or for whatever reason. And so that's when usually they come to me. And they say, mm-hmm. hey, I want a photo session with you. I want you to help me yeah. tap into what I need to touch to move yes. forward. I would yes. imagine these people have to be tremendously brave. They are. They are, and that's why I love the people I work with, because they're so courageous. Um, They're just, they're willing to dive right in and just be like, okay, this is what I'm afraid of. This is where I am in my life. This is what I want in my life, and I need help closing that gap. All right. And and how do you help them? Is there first a conversation? Absolutely. There must be conversation first, because that's really the cornerstone of my work is the connection. So if there's no conversation, no connection, there's really no point um, because the point is to build that trust, build the connection, figure out what it is they're really needing because everyone is different. You know, sometimes people need a, an indoor shoot to, you know, help open their sexuality a little bit. Sometimes they need outdoor and they need to scream and thrash about and they need a safe place to do that. So it's different for everybody. Can you give us, keeping the, your client's anonymity, of course, can you give us like uh, an example of a recent uh, photo shoot that you did and what the yes. subject matter was? The latest shoot I just did was last weekend. Oh, she first came to me because she was struggling with anger. So she was she was going kind of around these circles of I'm getting upset and I shut down and I caused problems in my relationship 
and this is just a cycle. So I, I would love help understanding my anger better. And during that first conversation, I told her my view of anger and my, my process with anger. And she was just like, her mind was blown. She was like, oh my God, I've never heard this before. So when we actually got to the shoot, she was like, you know, what you said really made me trust you and open up. So now I, I really just want to see it. I just, I really want to see the pain that I've been in. And so we went into the woods in a very secluded place. She really was like, I really just need space in my life. And I don't come to my life with healthy, strong boundaries with certain people. So I'm just needing to scream and just be like, give me five and, you know, hit things that, you know, were, were a safe thing to hit, you know, not doing any actual destruction. So in this safe space, she was able to scream and get her anger out and just see it. Can you tell us your philosophy of your view on anger that blew her mind? <laughs> yes. My experience with anger has been that I have always been angry and gone in this loop of I repress my anger, I don't talk about it, and all of a sudden I blow up. This has been something really common that I've seen in, in a lot of the people in my life. And so this, because I've, I was frustrated by my own, my own experience, I really, like, I've made it my life's work to, to understand that my anger and what it wants. So the way that I put it is like I have a rage monster. So there's a monster inside of me. It's very loud. I mean, it's it screams, it's angry, it's fiery, it's all these things. I really wanted to get to the root because there was a year in particular where I just kept looping. What does your rage monster want? My rage monster wants to protect me. The monster is protecting a little girl who has been hurt, who is scared, who doesn't want people to know that she's vulnerable. And so when I when I realized that, I softened so much because I'm like, oh, my monster doesn't actually want to hurt anyone. It just wants to protect me. Wow. That is mind-blowing because that makes you fall in love with your, with your monster yes. that you've been fighting so, with your whole life. Absolutely. And so instead of a war zone, it became this like, oh, hey, let's have a conversation. And like, how can I love you and, and have gratitude for you instead of judge you, push you away, and make you even louder and even angrier. Right. I love your monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can love your monster yeah, because absolutely. he's been protecting you. That's so beautiful. Absolutely. So you went through this mm-hmm. process on your own and obviously made peace with your monster. And now do you have a better relationship with anger or are things better? Oh, my God. You're out of the yes. loop. You're, you've come out of that loop. Yes. I am out of the loop, and, and I honestly didn't think it was possible. What are some of the things, aside from anger, that you've helped people uh, deal with or work through? Grief is another big one. I'm realizing a different layer of this rage monster is actually like, oh, it's protecting grief monster, because grief monster feels really uncomfortable. Mm. For, for me, grief is something that I'm like, oh, I don't want people to know that I actually hurt and feel pain. <laughs> so grief is another big one. I've helped people through their blockages or their, their like hesitance around experiencing sexual pleasure. Desire is a big one. Grief is a big one. And rage. So those are really like the, tr- the three that I think are the biggest, most suppressed emotions and they are interconnected sometimes i'm angry and i'm actually sad but 
I'm scared to show the sadness. And sometimes I'm sad that I'm actually really angry. And sometimes I really want something and I'm angry that I'm not getting it or don't know how to get it or I feel powerless. So really, it's something all stems from feeling powerless. And once you can see a picture of that, what happens? That is very different for everybody. Some people are like, holy crap, this is amazing. And oh my God, thank you. And, you know, are really turned on by their photos. And some are like, holy crap, I hate all of these. Some people are like, wow, this is a really interesting experience. Like, I have never seen myself this way. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. So, you know, it it really is is just up to you like for me oh my gosh when I first saw myself I was like whoa and I just I feel it in my body like and this is also why I love photos because like I'm looking at these photos and I feel it in my body and I'm like oh I'm so moved and and that's something that I, I really want the world to see more of yeah. because you know we see a lot of pictures that are perfect and everyone's posed in the perfect way and you know their skin has been airbrushed and something that I feel really passionate about is bringing the realness and authenticity and truth to what being human can be like and so this is honestly like what I started doing for myself is what I want to see more of in the world and and also we need to we need to take ownership of these parts of ourselves that are you know shooting off into orbits we need to integrate them back into our whole personality right I think the photos can be a really big tool for integration so people can go back to it some people a few months later feel a, a similar you know surge of emotion and they'll be able to go back to those photos and be like oh I did this and this thing was really helpful and so okay like let me go back there you need to be willing to take ownership of your life and of your patterns and of your emotions that's actually what's powerful it's like I'm there holding space for you but but your willingness to take ownership of your life and your body and everything that's going on inside of you is actually where the power comes from so your greatest demon is really your best friend Heather Manwaring of Transfire Photography helps you love the unlovable parts of yourself. A very new and interesting concept. Good for you, Heather. Transfirephotography.com is where you go for more information. Hi, it's Casey, and you're listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show. There's always more at Casey, K-A-C-E-Y dot co, C-O. And today we go from letting it all hang out to keeping it all nice and neat. Are you tidying up with Marie Kondo? Joanna Black is a certified Marie Kondo consultant, and she has her own company in New York and the Hudson Valley called Curating Simplicity. In fact, she's offering a program to make you a consultant, too. But first, here's what happens when Joanna comes to your house. We really work with clients to set an intention. So the first thing we ask clients when we work with them is envision your your future self. Envision the best version of yourself. What does your day look like? We break it down by room then. So when you wake up in the morning, how do you want to feel when you're in your bed? How do you want to feel when you're making breakfast? How do you want to feel when you're walking out the door? So we really bring our clients to that visionary journey of who they want to be. We work with them by category, which is really important for people who are actually following the condo method. But typically, we work with clients on their clothing first. You know, that's a really interesting task for many because we don't really realize how much clothing we have. And we 
have people put all that clothing in one space. Typically, we select the bed, and they pile all their clothing up. If you've seen the show, you'll, you know what I mean. It's actually very overwhelming. Uh, do you ever find people attached to a piece of clothing that they can't Absolutely. get rid of? What do we mm-hmm. do then? The Marie Kondo Kamari method is to hold it and really ask yourself if it sparks joy. For some, defining what joy means to them bring up very many different emotions. For some, it's a memory. For some, it sparks joy because it's comfortable. For some, it sparks joy because it reminds them of a specific event. For others, it doesn't necessarily spark joy, but it might bring up an emotion that they're not ready to to let go. You know, I have a pair of size 9 Calvin Klein jeans (laughs) in my closet since 1978. I don't know what they're doing there. I had a lot of those, and you know what? If you look at them and it brings back great memories, that sparks joy for you. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, you think that I'll never fit into those jeans again, and it just brings back thoughts of going on a diet, and it's not who you are anymore. You right. let it go. And so many people now are taking their old things and turning them into quilts. Uh, I have a friend who even made a quilt out of neckties, her husband's yeah. neckties. So there's so much you can do if you want to keep the you feeling. You really can. You know, part of what we do, um, part of our philosophy is give back with purpose. And we work with a charity called Softkin. They're based uh, in New Jersey, but they work with children and women in India. We actually provide our clients with the UPS label, um, which is shipped to um, our offices in Manhattan. And then we sort those clothes and we ship them out to different partners, whether it be a thread up or a consignment store. And when we do that for clients, we actually ask them to donate those items. And the money that we make from the sale of those clothing items is donated to help children and women in India. We provide shelter, education, a loving environment, loving homes for them. Everybody can feel good about donating their clothes there. So once we get out of the bedroom and the closet, what's next? The KonMari method has a very structured process. However, we work in a way um, in which we're inspired by the method. However, if you're following the process, we work on books and papers, what's called a kimono and sentimental items. Obviously, books, everyone has lots of books, and we look at them and, you know, does it spark joy? Have you read that book? Why haven't you read that book? Will you read that book? Is there another place in which you could access that book in the future. If it sparks joy and you love to see rows and rows of books on your shelf, keep them. It sparks joy for you. It it makes you happy. It's not about getting rid of. It's about keeping what really truly makes you happy. Then we look at papers and, you know, with the with technology, we can access so many of our bills and information online. So we encourage clients to really organize their online space. It's just equally as important as your physical space. And work with how we organize when mail comes in, how we sort it, and how we remove it out of the house responsibly. Because part of this process, in my mind, I have a very long history in sustainability. It's about really keeping... Um, items in your home, but also discarding them responsibly. And kimono is everything else. It's the items in your kitchen. It's the trinkets. It's everything else in your home that doesn't fall out under the other categories. And lastly, it's uh, sentimental. And those items are pictures, your wedding dress, memories from your children. It's things that are really important to you that that are have sentimental value and you know how we treat those items so that's those are the categories that we typically will follow however everyone has a unique situation we follow the the category to the best we possibly can but we don't necessarily stick to it 100 percent 
You can be flexible as you get tidy. Joanna Black, an expert who wants to help you. Visit curatingsimplicity.com. Hi, it's Casey. You're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and there's always more at Casey. Co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. We have a country line dance for men and women coming up February 23rd. And Shine On, the Women's Weekend Retreat, the first weekend in March. Hope to see you soon. Well, after all that tidying up, let's have a cup of tea with Leslie Alex of the TeaExperienceNY.com. You got your black tea, your white tea, your green tea, and your oolong. Those are the four, right, Leslie? Yes, there are. There are four different tea types. They all come from the same tea plant, but they're broken down by the four categories that you just mentioned based on how they are dried out or they're processed by the tea plantation. So you are correct. There are four different types of teas, black tea, white tea, green tea, and oolong tea, and they all come from the same tea leaf. Just depends on how well they're oxidized. That's crazy. I didn't know that. So black tea and white tea come from the same plant. What do you mean by oxidized? Oxidized is the drying process that the tea leaf actually undergoes during the pl- at the plantation in order for the tea plantation to create the different types of tea. So the longer the drying process, the darker the tea. All right. So the black tea is dried or oxidized the longest, and then comes the green tea, then the oolong, then the white. White teas are very baby, tiny, fragile tea leaves. They're, they're not oxidized at all because they're so fragile. And so that's why you get that very clear kind of water almost consistency of white. All right, good to know. So there are health benefits to tea. The darker the tea, the better the health benefits, or how does it work? Well, everybody knows about green tea. Everybody thinks that green tea is the most healthful tea out there on the market. But since they all come from the same tea leaf, all four types do share health benefits. All teas are, have antioxidant benefits. They provide you with essential minerals. The, most teas are heart healthy. And if you drink enough of it, most teas can also help and aid in fat metabolism. So there are some health benefits to all four types. Green tea just happens to be the most popular. How much tea do I have to drink to aid my fat metabolism? <laughs> You've got to drink at minimum three cups a day. The, the, the green tea has to become your primary beverage throughout the day. So in between your 64 ounces of water, you probably would have to drink an equal amount of green tea in order to get that fat metabolism benefit. Oh, that's a lot of tea, Leslie. A lot of tea, a lot of drinking, but good stuff though, good stuff. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So herbal teas, where do they come into the mix? Well, it's kind of a misnomer. Herbal teas, technically, if you're a purist, are not tea, simply because herbal teas do not contain that particular tea leaf that I was telling you about that produces the four different types. There is no tea or tea leaf in herbal teas. Most herbal teas consist of dried fruits and herbs, and that's why that makes them tasty and fruity and caffeine-free, which is the other benefit for herbal teas. So there's no tea, no tea leaf in herbal teas. But, oh, my you know, goodness. We, yeah, it's a surprise. Everybody's pretty surprised by it. But if you're a purist, since there's no tea leaf in herbal teas, the purists don't like us to call herbal teas teas, but they prefer us to call herbal teas teasons. 
tisanes. A tisane. Exactly. T-I-S-A-N-E. How about that? A tisane. A tisane. Yes, very special. I very, very love special. to learn new words. You mentioned <laughs> caffeine. There's no caffeine in the herbal tea because there's no tea in the herbal tea. How much caffeine is in regular tea, and does that grow with oxidation levels? There is some level of drying process that will eliminate some of the caffeine. There is less per cup in an eight ounce cup. There is less caffeine in a black cup of tea than there is in a same or similar size cup of coffee. Almost, I would say, by two thirds of caffeine. So there is, there is some caffeine in teas, but it's significantly less caffeine in tea than there is in coffee. And then as, as they're oxidized, the green teas have a little less caffeine than the blacks and all the other, the other three categories. Okay. So if you want the caffeine, go with the black tea first. Yes. But don't think you're not getting caffeine if you if you take a green tea. Green tea. Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh-huh. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of, of caffeine in that green tea. Absolutely. We're talking to Leslie Alex. She is a tea connoisseur, and she'll even bring a tea party straight to your house. You tell me, too, that we can cook with tea? I have never heard yes. such a thing. This is the new hot and trendy thing that's going on. A lot of the five-star chefs in these restaurants have now recognized or acknowledged that tea can now be used in cooking. And there's also, um, what do they call them, mixologists at bars and restaurants who are now using tea or a tea-based simple syrup in their cocktails and mocktails and punches. But in the restaurants, they are using teas in the form of marinades um, and even in the place of chicken or beef broth. Really? So that's, yeah, that's interesting. In fact, it was recently, I think, on a Dr. Oz show that they actually had a chef on the Dr. Oz show who was cooking with tea and providing everybody with marinades. What we kind of tea? It. What kind of tea am I cooking with? For the broth, you can absolutely use green tea or oolong tea. Um, For the marinades, because they're a little richer in flavor and taste, you can use the black teas for your marinades. Um, And you can just kind of marinate the the teas in some olive oil and your normal salt and pepper and put it on your steak as a, you know, or your chicken as a marinade. Some people are even boiling their eggs in tea to get their, like, boiled eggs with a little bit of a tea flavor, a smoky flavor to them. This is really something. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's the hot trend now. Okay. It's the hottest trend. So, like, say I make a pot of black tea, mm-hmm. and then I could put some spices in there and put it on mm-hmm. my chicken as a marinade? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Well, yes, I am going to have to try that for sure. <laughs> It's tasty. You you won't be sorry. Well, you won't be sorry. Let me ask you, because I know tea lovers want to know, what do you drink? What's your go-to tea? Well, it depends on the season. Um, right now, since it's cold, the weather is a little iffy. I really kind of stick to chai tea. It's a black-based tea, but it has cinnamon and cardamom. It's, it's, its origins come from India. So it has all of kind of the Indian-flavored spices, and you warm up a little bit of warm milk or almond milk or soy milk and a little bit of honey or agave, and you infuse that into your tea while you're brewing it. It is the best. Leslie, this is far too much work. Oh, no, no, no. It's easy. It's easy. Easy, easy, easy. You have all the tea gadgets at home, I'm assuming. 
Oh, absolutely. And we also sell all, all of the needed and necessary accoutrements through my website as well. So it's very, very easy. All right. All right. So let's talk about your business. You will go to someone's house and have a tea party. Do tell. Yes, ma'am. We are a mobile tea party catering business. We will either come to you for your backyard or your home and provide full service tea party for baby showers, bridal showers, birthday parties, big girl parties, little girl parties. Uh, we've done some fundraisers with some nonprofit organizations, and so we are mobile. Wonderful. So you bring all the teas and all the teacups and everything else? We bring it all, yes, ma'am. The finger sandwiches, the scones. Leslie Alex, the TeaExperienceNY.com, and ask Leslie to throw you a tea party. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. You're invited to join me in a healing circle for women next week in Ossining. Details at Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. And our thought for the day has to be from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, A woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.